party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined once again by my good friend Tracy Barnett for another game of Iron Etta Accelerated, and this one is very, very cool. You see, we've played Iron Etta Accelerated before on the show, the game of Viking action, mythological warfare, the end of days. We played it with, uh, Tracy and I played it once before on the show. It was really, really cool. Tracy reached out about playing it again, and when I sat down with them to play, they posited a really cool idea, which was, what if we played the same world again? What if we told the next chapter in the story of Jotunheim, and we built out new characters and a new story around the same setting and world that we'd previously built? I was super, super into this idea. It is very, very exciting, and I can't wait for you to hear it. This is the first of a two-part episode. This one will cover character and world creation as we lay out the story that we're telling. We kind of revisit the themes of our previous episode and we hash out all of the prep work to make the next episode happen. Next episode, which will drop next week, will be the actual gameplay portion. Normally, when we have a character creation and a gameplay episode, we try to drop them on the same week, but with it being a holiday and also, like, it's just kind of been a busy few weeks for us, You know, self-care is important. We haven't really had time to get both of those episodes edited, so we're dropping them one week and then the next. You know, flexible schedules. You know, that's the joy of a self-produced product. Anyway, before we dive in, a few quick things that are very exciting. First, first, a quick announcement that this weekend, that is the weekend of July 5th to the 7th, I will be in Morristown, New Jersey for Dexcon. It is very exciting. It is sort of a last-minute impromptu thing. I am super excited. We're going to be running some things. Uh, We are running a special onstage version of Mission Accomplished. It is open to anyone and everyone that is interested in coming to play. It is going to be very, very fun and very, very silly. Who doesn't love Mission Accomplished, the game of super spies and office meetings? It's going to be great. We're also taking part in some other panels and game things. There will also be a special uh, last-minute Party of One live show at Dexcon, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. If you are in or around Morristown, New Jersey, I'd love to see you come out for that. It's going to be very, very fun. I am being joined once again by my good friend, first ever guest on the show, Noah Houlihan. We're going to play a very silly, lighthearted game. There's going to be some crowd interaction. It's going to be a blast, and I hope that you'll join us. And then speaking of live shows, July 20th at 5.30 p.m. will be another Party of One Live. This one at Tattooed Moms in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania as part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. It's going to be so, so much fun. You know I love doing live shows. They're very silly and light and fun. I really hope you'll make them out for at least one of them, if not both. You can find information about all of that good stuff in the show notes below. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down once again with Tracy Barnett. Tracy, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Jeff, I am thrilled that you wanted to have me back on. I am so, so excited to have you back on and to play this game again. So uh, why don't you take a moment and let the listeners know know about all the cool stuff that you've got going on and about the game that we're prepping this week and uh, in our next episode, which will theoretically also drop today, the game that we're going to be playing. Sure. Uh, So my name is Tracy Barnett. I am a genderqueer uh, game designer. Uh, I've been designing tabletop role-playing games for about seven years now. Uh, currently I'm working on a bunch of freelance work. I've got some stuff working. I'm working on for Paizo, uh, picking up some, some work for other companies here and there. I have a game in development that uses fate accelerated that is called, uh, Valkyries for Galileo games. Um, I have a Patreon where I have published a small game every month for the last now uh, seven months, I believe maybe eight. Uh, my goal is to try and get 
the full year of mm-hmm. those done and then figure out what to do with that next. Uh, I also have uh, a podcast called The Other Cast. Uh, it's sort of a podcast network now, I guess, because we have an actual play series that we're doing. Um, we're playing Waterdeep Dragon Heist, and the title of the campaign is Waterdeep for a Few Dragons More. Love it. Thank you. Uh, and then I also, along with Kate Bowie, am doing this podcast that was directly inspired by your own All My Fantasy Children. Um, it's called Another Blank Page. And it's a world-building podcast, but what we did was we started with a totally blank slate, save that we knew we were starting with a goblin. And we described that scene in a frozen moment in time, uh, and then came up with the things from that scene that we thought would be interesting to further explore. We let people on Twitter vote on it, and then that was the subject of our second episode, was at the exact same moment in time in this world we're going to explore this other thing. And we're basically building this world at a single moment in time, one blank wiki page at a time. That's um, so cool. Like um, that's a, a, it is uh, an intense honor that a thing that I made inspired a project that is so cool. And B like, that's just so cool. Like that's such a cool and neat concept that I'm like, I'm over the moon. It, it is amazing. It has, it has been a dream to work with Kate on this uh, because the two of us uh, have a really good chemistry as mm-hmm. we're talking about things, and we inspire some really interesting choices in one another, I think. And we take things you know, deeper than, than we thought we would go in, in different directions than we thought we would go. Like We started with a goblin in our third episode. Uh, so we've only got three episodes out right now uh, as of this recording. But the first episode started with one goblin, and the third episode is is titled The Schism of the Flesh, which is describing a religious divide between people who believe that believe that uh, spirits should remain incorporeal and pure, and people and spirits who believe that taking on physical matter is the natural progression of a spirit's sort of cycle of existence. Like, we've, we've gone some places. <laughs> <laughs> I I I know that feel because uh, we've we've done a hundred episodes of all my fantasy mm-hmm. children and the first episode is about a pumpkin. It's about a pumpkin growing yep. contest, and I think we make it about seven before it's you know political turmoil and giant bug famine and we, we it's 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 a, it's an incredible experience to sit down with a person and just go like let's just let's just brainstorm and throw out all of our ideas and see what comes from it because i think they always lead to more compelling places and i thought I, that's been what is so satisfying about amfc and what it and what is so exciting mm-hmm. about another blank page is like hearing that and hearing it unfold week by week yeah it's it's the same it's the same creative energy um we just wanted to put those particular constraints mm-hmm. on it because it was just a cool idea well for sure to both of us um so yeah and then the patreon uh Backers get uh, outtakes and bonus episodes from the actual play side of things. And then uh, Kate and I have a Patreon-exclusive version of this show called Another Black Page, which is a horror-themed version of the podcast. Um, Our pilot became that, and we're going to record more episodes that follow that particular world and its vagaries and we're going to get real weird with that Hell one yeah. because it's essentially for us right like, it's the one it's the one we're it's the one we're doing to, because 
we we did the pilot as a test run to make sure that the concept worked for us mm-hmm. and it turned out to be so good that we are actually we want to do a little more with it i so, love it yeah um so that i write for gnome stew uh and i'm also in the process of putting together a small games anthology uh with some some awesome creators uh so I have scads of free time, as you might imagine. As I, I as same, honestly, like it's. <laughs> yeah. I know the feel. I know the feeling, right? It's just like, what are we even doing with our days? Um, working full time jobs and then pursuing the things we love on the side. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Speaking, speaking um, of, um, yes, so tell this us, thing we love. <laughs> tell us, uh, tell me, like, we are playing Ironetta Accelerated this week. Uh, mm-hmm. We are playing, we are. speaking of the idea of playing another story in this frozen moment in time, we've talked a little bit. So let's let's dive let's dig in and first give it. Why don't you first give us the pitch uh, for listeners that didn't listen to our previous episode of Ironetta Accelerated? Why don't you give us the you know the short pitch, the the elevator pitch for for the game? Yeah. So uh, Ragnarok happened in the form of fifty foot tall metal dwarven destroyers rising out of the ground, and humanity cried out, "Oh gods, oh gods, what do we do?" And Loki said, "Hey, I have this thing that I totally didn't steal from the dwarves that will let you take the spirits of your bravest warriors and bond them to the bones of dead giants, and y'all can Pacific Rim this shit." It's a good pitch. It's a very good pitch. <laughs> I I like that pitch a lot. Um, so Aaron and I played a a session in uh, this game of, of this game uh, last year when the Kickstarter was actually on the day it launched is when we recorded it, and we made a holdfast, which is sort of the starting area that you come up with in a game of Ironetta Accelerated. We answered a bunch of questions to do that. We made some characters and we played through their story. Uh, the idea we had for the second session, uh, after having listened back through the previous one and sort of realizing that those characters' stories were pretty much wrapped up, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more going on in this holdfast still, that we would take the holdfast as it stands sort of at the end of the previous session that we played, and we would make two new characters to interact with this world and to tell uh, another story uh that was happening maybe contemporaneously with the previous story, maybe a little bit after, mm-hmm. who knows. Um, but to use those same story hooks. So we are not going to make a new holdfast. We're going to use the same one, um, but we're going to make two new characters. Yes. And that is where, that's what this episode is, is Jeff and I are going to put those characters together. Yes. Um, a brief kind of recap of the holdfast that we created. Uh, Jotunheim, Home of Giants. Um, it was a... Holdfast that was like on the on the slopes of a hill, mm-hmm. uh, underneath which lived the giants. You know, live there. We and Jotunheim isn't called that because we have a uniquely peaceful relationship with those giants. We we are at you know we have come to live alongside them. We are not you know we are not butting heads. We are not trying to impede on their land. We have very much have a like you have your place, we have ours. Let's just find a sort of peaceful arrangement mm-hmm. uh sorry go ahead. yeah no i was gonna i was just gonna t- continue um the reason that that uh peace could be brokered in the first place is because one of the bone bonded in the hold fast uh was bonded with ymir the father of giants mm-hmm. which is like a whole capital t thing mm-hmm. uh, because in traditional norse myth ymir's body makes up the world itself uh, so that there's just a whole lot 
There's a whole lot there. There's a whole lot to unpack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. What are what are what are some what are the other sort of big? Let's let's look at the map and some reminder of what's what the other big sort of hooks are. Yeah, slide two has the all the notes as well. Um, so the major empire to the south of Midgard, Petruvia, uh, which is a Roman Empire analog, uh, is attacking. Um, there are a bunch of natural resources that Petruvia wants that Midgard has, and they are not going to be shy about. Uh, taking those. We didn't explore that in the slightest in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's, that's that's a big old juicy hook hanging that's out. That's definitely there for us. a thing. I was thinking about that when you when you when you pitched doing like another story in this space, that was the thing that I was like, isn't there an army marching towards these characters mm-hmm. at the end of our story? I was like, that's maybe maybe we'll look into that. Yeah. Um there are also refugees streaming into the Holdfast. Uh, the rainy season has been really, really bad, and the flooding in the lowlands has been terrible. Uh, Jotunheim is pretty safe because we're up in the hills. Um, but we've had to like send more people out to do more hunting uh, to try and feed those people, which leads directly into the events of our previous game, where our Jarl had what he thought was a really great idea. Mm-hmm. He did. He uh, what was that his, idea, Jeff? Uh, he declared himself the Jarl of Jarls and started demanding fealty of everyone that had that had come in and sort of cha- fashioned himself a king among, like, among, you know, Jarls, had fashioned himself the overlord. Uh, it didn't go great for him. No, it did not go great. Uh, so when we picked up our previous session, uh, I was playing uh, Leaf uh, Bjorn Baron, a farmer uh, in the Holdfast, and Jeff was playing Sigrun the Crafter. Um, and we were in the Mead Hall, the Jarl was doing his Jarl thing, and then uh, a woman comes in, uh, ostensibly to swear fealty to him, and uh, she then goes to attack him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jarl's armor, crafted by our crafter, stopped the blow. Uh, her name was Ingrid Svelfast. Uh, we don't know from whence she came, but she showed up and then went to attack the Jarl. Uh, my character called for an honor duel because our Jarl was um, being a weenie. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. <laughs> so, so I was like, well, hey, defend yourself. And he said, no, 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 you defend me. So I, my character, the farmer, got set up to be in an honor duel with this woman, Ingrid, who he had a lot of respect for. Uh, I reached out to uh, Sigrun, Jeff's character, to get a weapon made, mm-hmm. and you said what about that weapon? Uh, I had said that I was going to uh, build basically the weapon that was going to like ensure your victory, and mm-hmm. in doing so, I struck a deal with the jo- with the with the the giant. The giant that had been living under the mountain, this ancient, sort of cramped in a cave. Uh, giant, and I ended up striking a deal with this giant that I would get the crystal uh, from this giant that would create a weapon that could defeat any duel and sort of, you know, cement your place as sort of the victorious fighter. But in exchange, Sigrun had to take the place of this giant, and it worked. You know, we received Mm -hmm. the crystal, and then afterwards, uh, Sigrun... Sure enough, slowly begin has has turned like slowly over time has begun to turn into a giant and take the place of this giant who is quickly approaching death. Yeah, um, the honor duel itself 
like there was no way that Ingrid could match the scythe that you mm-hmm. made for me from this giant's eyelash. Uh, the battle itself was taking, pl- or the duel, I should say, was taking place on the Field of Honor, which was built on an area that had a lot of giant's bones in it. So mm-hmm. there were all kinds of shards around. Uh, so I kind of pinned her like Doctor Strange in um, the, well, depending on when this releases, the most re- recent Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. She yielded, uh, but then asked me a question for the second time, which is, why aren't you the Jarl? And my answer was, well, to do that, the current Jarl would have to be dead. And then I stomped on the on the bone shards and I killed them. Yep. Um, so that's sort of potentially where we could pick up with these new characters is in uh, uh, Jotunheim after uh, Leif has become Jarl by mm-hmm. popular accord uh, and as uh, Sigrun is going to is slowly taking on the proportions of the giant. Like this is a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. I think we had her at the end at her, had him at the end of his life. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, finally down there in giant sized. Uh, so we have a lot of, of chronology within which we can play here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that like, I think at the start of the story, the, the, the one note that I think I'd like to add is that I think Sigrin Sigrun is living in the caves for two reasons. One, because she's slowly turning into a giant. Like, she is slowly taking the place of this dying giant. And two, because in exchange, the other half of the trade-off for the giant, uh, for the giant giving us the eyelash was I had offered to craft a hole in the mountain that through which the giant could see the stars. So I think that Sigrun is working on this, like, this whole sort of mirror system and is, and is living in the caves and slowly becoming a giant as part of that process. Yeah. Your actual masterwork. Yeah. Is that series. Okay. So, so we've got Sigrun down in the caves. We've got a uh, leaf as Jarl. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some indeterminate time after that, as of right now is where we're going to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, have you given any thought to the type of character that you want to play for this this new this new story? You know, I have, and we had just we just talked about it, like with the thinking about this empire that's approaching. I would love to play a soul, like a soldier or like a fighter who is coming back to sort of the holdfast to like let the the holdfast know. You know, maybe, maybe I, for some reason, I've 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 seen what uh, the the Petruvian army is capable of, mm-hmm. and so like I think that's kind of the character concept that I had was basically the person kind of running like running into the holdfast moments after our last episode ended, you know, bloody bloody dirty sword in hand. Like I think this is something. This is like and and the person that has encountered this army, you know up close and personal. Okay. Um, what destiny were you thinking for that person? Uh, that's a, they could, they could be so many of them. Let me remind myself where the destinies are. Are they on the slide, the slideshow or is they separate doc? Uh, they're not in the slideshow. If you, do you have the PDF with you? I believe I do. Okay. Uh, page 64 is the start of the destinies. Um, that's where they're all listed out in bulk. Um, I don't know if I have, I don't think there's a list in the book. Um, I can read them off real quick to you as well. Yeah, read them off. Of course. 
Yes, okay. Uh, so we have the bandit, the bone bonded, the crafter and the farmer, the leader, the merchant, the rune scribed, the priest, the seer, the shield bearer, and the scald. There are three that jump out at me. Okay, and, and we th- can duplicate two. It's fine. Uh, the three so. that jump out at me are the leader, the scald, and the shield bearer. Okay. Any of those, or maybe the rune, maybe the rune bonded, or or the rune, the rune scribed, or the bone bonded would also be very good. Mm-hmm. Any of those, like super jump out at me. So, let me ask you, what what kind of character concept are you feeling? Like, do you did you, have you been thinking about a character concept that like jumps out at you? I have. Right. Um, I I have not yet played a rune scribed. Okay, perfect. So that's what I was thinking. Uh, in fact, I I realized in a previous or in another game that I've been streaming uh, on Twitch with some folks that I did not write enough stunts for the rune scribed in the book. Uh, so I wrote three new rune scribe stunts tonight. Okay, perfect. So I I'm planning on using some of those. That having been said, there are 24 different runes. So. You know, and and there's no such thing as as too many of of one thing. I ran a, a game of this for a stream for promotional uh, purposes for the Kickstarter, where all three PCs were Sears, and it was awesome. I think I kind of want to be a shield bearer. Alrighty, that feels that feels cool. Like, okay, and that feels and like that feels like someone that would survive one of these like. You know, a, a a showdown with an army. I think mm-hmm. I think that would that would feel that feels right, especially as someone that like has seen an army and is like, this is what has to happen. Like this is what we have to like hold against this. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, cool. And well, also, then, also in the book, it says, "When all others have fallen, you will remain." I I, I think that feels. That feels canon in terms of like I am I am the sole survivor of mm-hmm. whomever whatever of war whatever either hunt we so it's a hunt okay we're 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 another blank paging I am seeing this a little bit because the, <laughs> the ideas are coming together of like I'm definitely picturing like a hunting party because we had said that we were sending mm-hmm. out more hunting parties to account for the refugees that my hunting party was just like overwhelmed. And was just, like, sheer numbers was just taken, and I, I am the one that, like, escaped. I like it. Uh, cool. Well, then let's uh, let's step through this the way that we would do if we had just come from uh, Holdfast Creation. Yeah. Uh, so we will come up with our high concepts first. All right. Uh, so uh, on our uh, slide here, on slide three, I'm just going to write in... Our destinies that we've chosen, mm-hmm. um, and then, um, so yeah, um, high concepts. It yeah, it's it's interesting. I've never done this absent the holdfast creation mm-hmm. before. So, even though we have the established game that we've played, it feels a little bit like feeding into a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's interesting. I like it's an interesting contrast. This is a nice mental exercise mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so who is this? Who, who is your shield bearer? Like when you when you picture them, what what is most true about them? I think the thing that really jumps like that feels right 
is that I am a like slayer of of great beasts, right? Like a, like the mm-hmm. the the holdfast equivalent of a big game hunter. That I am, yeah. I am I am I am the hunter that you send to to not bring in you know a deer to feed a deer to feed a family. I am the one you bring in because there is a woolly mammoth marching through the forests that that should that may be the last of its kind, but you know if it mm-hmm. if it, if if that we we are going to bring in. Like I am I am the one that you send out when there is a dragon overhead. I like it. I like it. Um the, uh, Slayer of Great Beasts is a really good high concept. Yeah. I I I'm going to try and play this character sort of off type mm-hmm. for me. I tend to do really although the previous session that we played kind of gives this the lie, but I tend to play really talkative characters who um, who want to help people? Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want that to be who this is. In fact, I think that my character isn't from this holdfast. Okay. Originally, I think that they were a refugee from someplace else, and happened to come across you while you were heading back from the holdfast. Okay, I like or, that. Or heading heading back from 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 being raided. Mm-hmm. And we just happened to end up at the whole fast together. So, like, we traveled the last, say, day or so yeah. together. Um, so, my high concept is going to be uh, You Don't Know Me. Ooh, that's good. Um, because I feel like that's on purpose yep. for this character. Um, so, what's, what's the, what, what trouble does the Slayer of Great Beasts have? I, I think, I've been thinking about it, and I think I know the exact phrase that I want it to be. I think Hit it's, it. hubris was my downfall. Oh, so you've got a reputation now. I think I and was. You're, and, you're, and you're trying to, to not have that be the case anymore? Yeah, I think it was that, like, I think I thought I could take that army. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've slayed, I've slayed countless you know i've slayed monsters i've slayed i've slayed things so much larger than myself you know things bigger than me stead stood before me and they fell what's an army but a, just another thing that is bigger than me and i was laid to waste so it's it's mm-hmm. it's simultaneously that i have that ego of like if it stands before me i can kill it but also for the first time something stood before me and just broke me Mm-hmm. So like I I am torn between the two great the two great like flaws of ego and of a, a broken ego. I like it. That's really cool. Um. I don't want to go. Like my my first thought for my trouble was um, the kind of thing where it's like you don't know me and I don't know myself either. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't. I think this this person knows exactly who they are. Um, I I almost get like a um, you know, fortune and glory is 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 fine, but get paid, kid, mm-hmm. kind of Han Solo attitude. But I don't. Um, what what am I trying to? Something like there's no one I can count on but myself. That's pretty good. I mean, especially since yeah. especially since you've been traveling with someone, 
And there's this overwhelming threat that we have to face and we're not going to be able to, you know, do it alone. Like, it, it, that's a good... It, it's a nice counterpoint to yours as well, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that abs- or prior to the events that led to our characters meeting, you probably would have respected oh, yeah. that attitude from my character. You'd be like, yeah, that's exactly right. But you've had this moment. That like no, sometimes you need other people, mm-hmm. and right now cool. you might need other people. Yes, uh-huh. last week I might have said I might have said we were two side, we were two of the same coin, but now I'm starting to doubt that. Yeah, I really love that. Um, That's awesome. I I also know already what my warrior clan is going to be. Okay, um, and mine's the queen of the horse. All right, um, and the aspect associated with that is swift of. Oh, that's the old aspect um, from War of Metal and Bone. The new one's one with the wind, one with the land. I'm going to take the old one, which is swift of foot, long of life. Okay. Um, Do you need a rundown of the clans again? Yes, that would be great. Wonderful. Uh, Let me get you to that information. What page of the book is that? I've now got the book Uh, in front of me. That is on page uh, 44 44 of the PDF, 39 of the book itself. Forty-four. Perfect. There we go. Um, and while you're reading, I will read these off for our listening audience. Uh, so we have the Clan of the Bear, whose aspect is the beast must be bested. The Clan of the Dragon, rage is all the warmth we need. Clan of the Hammer, the world is meant to be shaped. Clan of the Horse, one with the wind, one with the land. Clan of the Ox, we stand, we fight. Clan of the Raven, there are worlds beyond what we can see. Clan of the Snake, Hide, wait, strike, bite. The clan of the sparrow. Words are the true weapon. And the clan of the wolf. The pack is all. You know, as as tempting as it is to go clan of the bear, the beast must be bested. Mm -hmm. I almost, I I think I I almost want to lean into my, my trouble a little bit and go with the clan of the ox. We stand, we fight. And change that makes it, sense. And change it, and uh, change my my clan aspect to fight until you fall. That that's you, that's a really good shield bearer aspect. Mm-hmm. You you you, you know it is it is what has it is what has led to triumph over you know these these creatures that could crush me in an instant is just they they underestimate and I get up. And like you know, I I don't stop, and and eventually one of us falls, and until today it was it was always them. I like it, I like it a lot. Um, what is your character's sacred item? Uh, my sacred item is it is uh a dragon scale shirt. Hmm. That was the the thing that the the thing that earned me the reputation of a slayer of great beast. Like I took the scales and I made this like, and I I had I had Sigrin the crafter make this shirt that like I could hold on to f- and and have it and it it has saved my life on many an occasion, not least of which when Petruvian arrows were raining down upon us. Um. Cool. I like I like the dragon scale shirt a lot. It's it's as much sim it is it is incredibly functional on the battlefield, but it is as much symbolic and as saying you know, uh, 
I did this. This was mm-hmm. this is my trophy. And I, I, I wear it with me. I don't just carry it. I wear it with me at all times. Mm-hmm. W- which is not dissimilar from a rune scribe's rune, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is what my sacred item uh, has to be. So let me jump back in the PDF real quick. And um, the rune I'm going to choose is Ahwaz, uh, which means horse wildness and freedom. Mm-hmm. So they are the um, the breakers of bonds, the travelers, and those with their gaze locked on the horizon. So they cannot be contained or controlled. Mm. Um, it, it's one of those runes that I haven't really seen in play before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to see what it can do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, and I think um, the, the rune is... At a casual glance, it looks like um, a necklace made of tied together twigs, mm-hmm. just like a, um, a a hemp or or leather thong right around my neck. That uh, that the charm on it is a oh probably three inch by three inch square rune of Ahuas, Um but it's not a necklace. The the wood and the and the and the um, thread binding it is actually embedded in the skin of my chest. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, and it's just there. And I've then like hooked another thread to it and tied this leather thong around my neck. So it at a glance looks like a necklace. Um, so, um, I'm going to say, uh, oh, we'll just call it wood bound. Mm hmm. Rune of Ahuaz. Mm, I dig it. That's awesome. Thank, thank you. Um, all right. So we uh, diverge into mm-hmm. mechanical stuff real quick. Right. And we get to, uh, at our approaches, we get one at plus three, two at plus two, two at plus one, and one at zero. Um, make my zero and... guile. I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't think I put much stock in trickery. And I'm going to put my two in flare. I'm going to put my three in flare. My and two not in force. That's interesting. Two cool. in focus and force. I think that, you know, I think as I think this is a character that puts on a sh- that, that puts on a show, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 is as much a as much, you know, it is as much a, a uh, it is as much uh, panache as it is, you know, actual willing, actual capable, you know, combat strength when it comes to like, you know, the fight happens in the mind as well. But part of that that is in that is a lot of showing off and a lot of it's a little bit pro wrestling. I, I mean, I'm shocked, Jeff, that you would include anything pro wrestling related in a character that you've made i know right i didn't i i can't i'm i'm shocked that that's where it it ended up going i love it um cool so i put my plus three in haste Mm -hmm. i put my twos in guile and intellect my ones in focus and force and my zero in flare so I've put my three into flare, uh, my two into focus and force, and one into haste and intellect. I almost switched intellect and guile, but I realized I kind of liked, I kind of liked my character having that sense of, that sense of like 
you know, being able to to think things through and having a little bit of that, like, you know, I, I, I think it would it almost felt too easy to make it zero intellect, but having it be one intellect mm-hmm. gives it a little bit of that, like, you know, know thy enemy, the art of war type approach. Yeah, for sure. And the the nice thing about Fate Accelerated as a system is just because your approach is low, it doesn't mean, like, a, a, a zero intellect doesn't mean your character is unintelligent. Right. It just means that's the approach to things that they are at least skilled at using. Yeah, and that's, I, I um, was thinking which, about which that. I, pre- I, I prefer that to, like, the D&D, oh, my intelligence is a four or whatever. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So... And I was thinking about that, which is why I think Zero Guile works better for me, because I think, you know, being that I am the great slayer of beasts, I don't think that I am going to sneak up or, or, or you know, approach carefully. I think that it's part of my, my mm-hmm. aura and my legend to, you know, face something head on and, and sort of, you know, rush it that way as opposed to, you know, ducking yeah, you're, and weaving. You're, you're the honor duel person. Yeah. You're the you're the announce your challenge yep. type of cat. Yeah. Had I been there had I been there last game, I think things would have gone differently. Probably. Um, yeah, you I don't know if you would have been able to stand the idea of a farmer going mm-hmm. up against uh uh who is obviously a very highly trained uh combatant. Mm-hmm. Um cool. So uh, just for those who are listening, I'm going to run down, um, do you want me to run down, uh, your conditions? Would you like to do that or, um, go ahead. Okay. Um, so your most notable condition track is called I can outlast you. Okay. Um, the important thing to note with this is when you look at a character sheet, you do not have an in peril or doomed, uh, checkbox. Okay. So you don't have any way to mitigate stress other than taking stress. Got it. What you do is when you would be taken out of a conflict, if your stress, if your six stress boxes are exceeded, you mark a box of I can outlast you. You then clear your entire stress track, but you scrub out a box. Mm. So you come back with only five stress boxes the next time. Got it. Then four, then three, then two, then one. Or actually just two, because you've only got five boxes of I Can Outlast You. If you are finally taken out, then uh, you mark a condition called Last Stand. Uh, and you basically make one attack against all of your opponents in your zone at giant scale. Uh, after that attack is resolved, you are taken out and death is the only outcome. That rules. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I'm so excited. Um, you've got a couple of other things you can do. You have a condition called you have to get past me for, excuse me, you have to get past me first. You mark the condition and you place an aspect called under my control on a zone you occupy. Um, basically, you're drawing aggro. Mm-hmm. Anytime an opponent moves to attack someone besides you in the zone, they have to overcome a difficulty of four. If they don't succeed or they succeed at a cost, they have to attack uh, you instead as you interpose yourself between them and their original target. Mm-hmm. Um, and you recover this condition by taking out an opponent during a conflict. Um, and then you also have now is not your time. Uh, basically when an ally in your zone would be taken out, you mark that condition to intercede. Okay. You take the brunt of that attack. You mark a box of, I can outlast you. Um, 
and then you recover this condition by taking a scene to bolster your defenses, right? Repairing mm-hmm. your armor or weapons, fortifying the whole fast protection, so on and so forth. Um, but that is, uh, that's basically how you do what you do. I love it. Um, and, and you recover boxes of I Can Outlast You by taking an appropriate healing action with the Overcome roll. So okay. as if In Peril or Doomed were marked, but you're using your boxes of I Can Outlast You as the difficulty. Okay, that rules. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so you are a walking tank. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole point of this character. That's exactly, I, that's exactly I, seen, what I wanted oh, to play. I've seen shield bearers in play take a hit from a dwarven destroyer and get pounded into the ground and then just lift the destroyer's hammer up and climb out of the pit and grin. Yep, that's the character that that... I, and it was like kind of like what you were saying about playing against type is like I always play the... The, the, the brainy or the crafty or the cunning character. I kind of wanted to just play the the just brutal, you know, shit kicked out of me tank. And I think this is, mm-hmm. this is I, I'm so excited. Um, so, uh, you start with one core stunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, your core stunt is bang your shield. Once per scene, you can spend a fate point to bang your shield and draw your enemy's attention to you. Until the start of your next turn... Your conditions of you have to get past me first and now is not your time don't just affect the zone you're in. They affect all adjacent zones. Okay. So basically, if if things are getting hot and heavy and there's a Dwarven Destroyer next to you and there's a lot of allies to protect, mm-hmm. you can draw aggro not just from the one space in the battlefield, but from everywhere around you. That's so good. That's very, very good. Yeah. You can just get dogpiled. Um, um, and then you can spend... Uh, Oh, wow. I'm seeing I should have written some additional stunts for the shield bearer, too. Interesting. Uh, if we come up with anything in play, they're going to get added to the official canon. So oh, how about fantastic. that? Awesome. Um, you can spend up to three points of your refresh mm-hmm. on the three stunts you have available, or we can make new ones. Uh, you can take shield wall. When you're in the same zone as an ally during conflict, you add plus two when you take the defend action. Uh, you can take solid, which is you get two additional stress boxes, but for physical attacks only, uh, which is very helpful when you're the shield bearer. Um, or you can take seeing red. You can clear all available boxes of I can outlast you and re- you recoup all of the stress boxes that have gone away. Right. Mm-hmm. So if your track was full and you only had two stress boxes left, you can, you know, see red, clear all those, get all your stress boxes uh, back. But then the GM chooses your next action mm-hmm. because I- you're essentially berserking. Yeah. I think I'm going to take one for solid. Okay. I, I think solid feels right. Cool. And if anything comes up in play when we do the session where you're like, you know, I think I would be able to do this thing, mm-hmm. then we'll we'll do that. And yeah. we'll just make it a stunt and I'll submit it to Encoded Designs and it will become something official most likely. Mm-hmm. Because that's the easiest way for me to write stunts in Fate is during play. Um, cool. So uh, you'll take your... Yeah, you took your refresh down mm-hmm. by one already. Um, and then uh, for my stuff, uh, so I have the unique condition of rune scribed, which means I have a rune bound to my body somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the bearers of any rune are always affected by the rune's power as there's a constant subtle effect So because mine is horse freedom, the breaking of chains, right? Like I'm always kind of fidgeting and constantly moving. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, uh, things, simple things like, um, if I have, uh, a buckle on my boots, it always comes unlatched, Mm -hmm. right? My boots don't fall off. It's not for comedic effect, but nothing can stay tied to me. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, then for my conditions, uh, I have one called runic power, uh, which has three boxes. I mark a box of runic power. And for the rest of the scene, um, I channel my rune into one of my approaches, um, that bumps it up to heroic scale. So one step above how everyone else happens. Um, uh, so basically any, any approach that I use during that scene is just better. And I narrate how it is because of my rune. Um, if I mark all my boxes of runic power and I want to channel my rune, I can mark two stress boxes and I can mark the rune burned condition. Uh, rune burned, uh, the, I, I'm burning my own body in essence to channel the rune. Um, I write a new aspect to reflect my change in physical state. And I recover this condition by making an overcome roll of, uh, plus six. Fantastic. Uh, so it's, it's difficult. If I am taken out while that condition is marked, I am not actually taken out. My rune saves me. However, I take one of my six approaches and I replace it with my rune. And every time I want to use that approach, I have to mark a box of runic power and use the rune instead. Mm -hmm. So if I replaced my haste, it's not haste anymore, it's ahuas. And that can occur until all of my approaches are taken up by my rune and then I explode. Okay. That's That's a hell of a closing note. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's a condition called ruptured. Um, it works a lot like the last stand that the shield bearer has, except that I damage everybody, not just bad bad guys. Um, so yeah, um, rune scribe to get two uh, two runes or two uh, core stunts. I can spend a fate point and mark rune burned to channel additional power. It can ap- function at epic scale for one exchange. Uh, and then I have a stunt called better to burn out. Um, I have a plus two to overcome when I use my runic approach. Um, but I must mark the appropriate conditions to use the approach as normal. Um, I've got a few, a few other stunts that I can take. Um, I think, what did I make? What did I put my focus at? My focus is plus one. So, uh, I'm going to take runic recovery. Uh, once per session, I can spend a fate point and roll focus at plus four to recover all my boxes of runic uh, recovery. Um, it takes an, ensi- an entire scene and cannot be done if uh, rune burned is marked. Uh, and then the other thing, I'm going to take one of the new ones that I wrote. Um, let's see. I'm going to take unpredictable power. Okay. The power of my rune is unpredictable. When I mark my runic power condition, I roll one additional fate die. On a blank, my rune functions as normal. On a minus, it operates at human scale, but I receive a fate point. On a plus, it functions at giant scale, and I mark two stress boxes. Cool. That's I'm, I'm 
See, I, I just, I'm, I'm really excited. I really like this game. I like these characters. I like this setting. I am very excited. Wonderful. I'm very glad about that. Um, oh, it occurs to me, you know, you don't have to spend that. You don't have to lower your refresh. Um, you get one, one stunt for free. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you can just copy over a, mm-hmm. a fate point and, and, yeah. and do it that way. So, um, we've got those things for our characters. And the last thing that we need to do is we need to uh, make our group aspects. Mm-hmm. So, this is an aspect that directly names the other character uh, in in the game. Um, and we've, let's see, we met as you were fleeing the Petruvian army that you thought you could take on single-handedly, and I was heading towards some semblance of safety from my holdfast, which I believe was also destroyed by the Petruvians. Mm-hmm. So, or flooded out, or both. <laughs> um, so we've known each other for, what, a day? Like a day or so. Okay. Um, so... I guess the simplest question to ask is, what do you think of me? I think we are... Mm. I think the best way to put it, like I think I said it earlier, is I think a day or, I think a day ago I'd have said we were two of, we were two of the same kind. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still true. Let's give ourselves some names real quick. Yeah. So we can actually name ourselves in the group aspect. I'm going to go with Ivar, which is also a pro wrestling reference. Because there were two <laughs> Viking-themed wrestlers that were just re-debuted on Monday Night Raw, and they named them the Viking Experience, which is the best name ever, because it sounds wow. like a terrible Epcot ride. Uh-huh. And they were re- one of them was renamed Ivar, and so I'm, it's my it's my tribute to the Viking Experience. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you have a surname? Um, I think my surname is Ivar. I'm going to go Bone Axe. I think Bone Axe is just a cool sounding name and I like I like the implications of it. And it ties into the it ties into sort of having the idea of, you know, if I've got this this shirt, I think it ties into the idea that I'm taking a lot of trophies. All right. Um missing one character in there. I'm going to be Book Pelbern. I like it. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to give you a, a quick Please. hyphen. Please. There. That way we can... Because EA is a weird character mm-hmm. to to look at together. Um, okay, so... Uh, yesterday... Yours would be then yesterday. I would have said that Boke and I mm-hmm. are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it two sides of the same coin. And then put a question mark. Uh, so technically, it has to name oh, the it. other person. Oh, got um, it. So are Boke and I two sides of the same yep. coin? And I'm just going to go ahead and copy paste so I get the umlaut without having to go to the special yeah. characters field. There we go. Boke. I, uh, Boke and I there's two a, sides th- of the same There's coin. a thing in Valkyries that uses the O with an umlaut, so I have the alt code for it memorized. Excellent. Uh, it's it, it's an easy one though. It's Alt two four six. Oh, okay. Or zero two four six. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna make this real simple. Uh, Ivar is useful 
for now. Love it. Dang. Dang, that's good. Okay. So we've got Book Pelbern and Ivar Bonax. Mm-hmm. And these two are fleeing trouble, certain doom, bad choices, and heading toward uh, Jotunheim, seeking something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that our opening visual for us to, to ruminate on until we play the actual game is that I picture us coming in on, like, a cart. Mm-hmm. And, like... Ivar is like hand on the knee, sword or bone axe at his feet, and is just kind of like mud is very much the big aesthetic. It is everything is flooding, so I think mud is sort of our biggest big textural and color aesthetic. And it's just sitting, and like it, we've been we've been on this cart for a few miles now, maybe most of the way of this day's journey, heading into Jotunheim, and. You know, we are coming to this place, and, and it is just, like, smoke on the horizon behind us. It's kind of like the opening of Skyrim, mm-hmm. right? But if you look behind, like you said, there's just smoke on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Boke's gaze never stops, like, it never sticks in one place for too long, even if he, if they're talking to Ivar. Like, it's always, like, looking back at the mm-hmm. smoke or ahead or off to the side. And there's this look of anticipation in their eyes that as soon as the cart stops, they're just going to be leaping over the side. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think they only have one boot on. Okay. I think Ivar's uh, shirt still shimmers, right? Like it's still like the mm-hmm. light hits it, and it's it still has you know you you it's it's muddy and it's dark and it's like caked in that mud, but like the light hits it and those scales shine right through it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's our visual that we kind of linger on until the actual recording, which is to say, I am so freaking excited. I love playing games with you, Jeff. Thank like you. I love I love how excited you are about all of the things that you do. You bring a fantastic energy to, to the games that you play. Thank you. That means a lot. Well, you're welcome. So that is, that is a wrap for character creation for, uh, mm-hmm. iron Ed accelerated part two. Um, so thank you for doing this. I, I can't wait to sit down and play the actual game, but until then, why don't you tell us where people can find you, your work and iron Ed accelerated online. Uh, you can find Iron Edit Accelerated on DriveThruRPG. Uh, it's published by Encoded Designs. You can get the PDF or print-on-demand uh, options. The hardback looks really, really nice. Um, you can find me online at The Other Tracy. That's T-R-A-C-Y. Uh, that's my website, theothertracy.com. My podcast is The Other Cast. And if you want to support my small game creation or my audio uh, exploits through actual play and world building, then you can support me at patreon.com slash Tracy Barnett. Perfect. Well, until our, until our next episode, until we sit down, uh, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks past me. And thanks again to Tracy for coming on to the show. That was uh, very, very cool. I love doing character creation session episodes because I think that they, give a really great look at like what goes into the making of an episode. And this one turned out really spectacularly. So I'm very, very happy with it.
Be sure to check out links to all of Tracy's work in the show notes and follow them on Twitter at the other Tracy. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash party of one podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash party of one discord. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout out, or a word of mouth recommendation to a friend. All of those things help us do bigger, better, and cooler things, like live shows, like the two that we have coming up this Saturday, that is July 6th at 9am at Dexcon in Morristown, New Jersey, or the one we have coming up as part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, July 20th in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Tattooed Moms. Both of those are going to be super, super fun, and I hope to see you there. Uh, you can also support the show monetarily at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. That also supports the games that I make, the communities that I support, all the cool stuff that I do. So check it out. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. Music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you would like to inquire about advertising rates or about coming onto the show, you can reach me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.